I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Achtung Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an international break act on Millwall. Joining me on this this uh, intermediate show, whilst we we, we savour the long look forward to breaking proceedings. Joining me is Mr. Michael Avery. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Been a little while, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Welcome, um, nice welcome back there, and thank you, dear listeners, for for having me back in your ears for the next oh. hourish. Also. Always good to have you back. And also joining us on the show, we're just listening to his predictions, is mystic Harry Warren, who's been on the old Predictor H. Yeah, I was on the Predictor. I've, I've also adorned my 2001-2002 shirt in honour of our half chance at the playoffs. So, um, <laughs> the 24-7. Um, yeah, 24-7. Strike force, obviously. Um <laughs> Another fantastic Millwall kit manufacturer from the past. <laughs> one of one of Theo's specials. Now we were just talking. Harry's Harry's done the. It's an online predictor, listeners. That's doing the rounds. You may well have seen it by the time you get to listen to this show. But H, we need to know your call for the final outcome, the final eight games of the season. Um, run it, run it through from the top. Can we start with the champions. Are you having oh, the, your chance? I've only done the top 10 because I think they're the only places that they'll see any interest in it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Right. So uh, I've got Fulham going up with 104 points. I think that'll okay. be a championship record. Yeah, um, I think I it think, will be. Yeah. I don't think that's them dropping a point. Then I've got Bournemouth in second. Okay. Um, who I have got losing to us. <laughs> I have got losing to us on the second last day. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason, the reason we're beating them is that they're up by them. That is the reason that we're beating. So the foot's off the pedal. Yeah. So the foot's off the pedal. They're on the beach. Okay. They're dumb. Right? That, okay. that lead had been promoted the week before in my predictor. Right? This was the logic. Right? Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield finishing third on 82 okay. points. Yep. Uh, Forrest finishing fourth on 78. Yep. Um, because I think Forrest not playing extra time the other night didn't really help us. I could have done with We, we need a drum roll building for the fifth and the sixth spot now, don't we? I'll, I'll see if I can find a drum roll when I... Number five, Millwall. <laughs> 77 <laughs> points. End of drum roll. Quickest End drum roll, roll ever. Right. Yeah. Blackburn, uh, Blackburn uh, sixth with 73 points. Uh, Sheffield United, 71. Luton, 69. 
um, West Brom 67 and Middlesbrough. The rest, the rest nowhere. With what, 66. What, what, what results have you got? You're supposed to finish fifth age. What results have you got? What, 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 we're winning. We're, we're we are winning. We're winning. We're basically, basically the formal spin is that we beat Luton <laughs> and Luton have a crisis right. of confidence. QPR, I think, are done looking at their results. I mean, you can't capitulate at home against Peterborough. I've been looking yeah. online. Right. Um, there are calls for Mark Wolverton to be sacked at QPR. Um, they're in the playoffs, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Un think, unrest um, at Loftus Road. No, yeah. they are. They generally are. So they must be playing awful. Um, yeah. So there's not really many teams in good form. And our, I'm basing on on a a sort of madcap eight games, nothing to lose, Millwall, the best of us type if we win at Luton, it suddenly goes biblical and we don't lose because that just would be ridiculous, wouldn't it, for us to... Um, I've got us winning at Birmingham. I, 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 I have no idea why I've decided this, but, you know, there, there, there's there's things... How many, so, how many points did you say Luton would finish with? 69. So you're predicting them to only get six points so, for the rest of the season? A collapse, a collapse of confidence. If you look at their fixtures, That's they've got point. a lot. I think they've got four shootouts against teams in the run. And I don't, I, I just don't see. Yeah, Peterborough. Hmm? <laughs> they, they might have Peter, I've given them Peterborough. They won at Peterborough. There they are. They're at home against Peterborough. I've given them that one. They're, um, they're, they're, I think they've got Forest. Luton's running. He's like us, Forest. I think Hudders, Huddersfield, Cardiff, Blackpool, Fulham, and Reading. Think, I'm looking yeah, at. I think I think Reading are gonna. I think Reading are gonna get out of it. I, I just have got a funny feeling Reading are gonna start winning games. They're not. They're shit. But there is a lot of shit in the championship. This is, is what we've learned. Yeah, this I, I, I do agree with that. Also, yeah. I don't think. I think it was a fair point the other night on Sky when they turned around and said you've got to go on another. Like teams have got to go on another run. I don't think that's necessarily true. I just don't think. It, you can you can get in by drawing because as long as you don't lose, if you're one of the teams in front of us, if you don't lose to us, and you win your other games, then then you're fine. You know what I mean? You don't have to win every game to to go up. You can play the percentages. So it's strange. Your 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 optimistic take on the end of the season, Harry, linked in very nicely with um, and the original Lee. I was trying to think how do we start the conversation, and there's always like like um, like anything is is your lead in that hooks your listener listeners. So. Originally, I was going to try, Michael, and, and I, I happened to listen to Mr. Mister, a 1980s classic about taking our broken wings and flying away. And I think that, that, so relates, free, yeah. that relates in a kind of a way to the Millwall squad at the moment, which is which is battered and, and bruised and, and injured. But we do need to find some form. And actually, listening to Harry, I think maybe we did indeed take our broken wings in that little run and fly away. Um, I mean... Michael, I mean, obviously the news news yesterday was another body blow that uh, Mason Bennett is now out for the season. Um, which um, when he hobbled off on on Saturday, I thought he don't he don't look good, um, and he does seem to be a a very good player for us, but an injury prone player too. And that's it's been a litany of injury all season, one way and the other. I can't I can't quite get my head around it. Yeah, but I believe it was was it the Middlesbrough game as well when he he limped off early as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. Um, he so, did. But so I mean, Gary a... Rowett today, I was just reading saying he's, he's out for the uh, realistically out for the season now because uh, obviously there's only four more weeks of it to go. So that's the end of Mason. Is that um, including 
playoffs as well in case we got to the playoffs would he be back for them or is it a um, he's going to be and he's got to be it doesn't go into that kind of detail I mean, the exact quote here is um that he's uh he's expected to be out for the season realistically um i like the word rea- i like the word realistically realistically i've the exact like words that's um, Mourinho type speak oh we have no defenders realistically and then plays one that's fine yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's worse than that effect. I haven't got the exact quote, Mr. Let's be going to tune into this, this show for exactitude. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, another interesting article, boys. I just wanted to get your take on it. I mean, I, I am no turf management expert, but um, Gary Rower is contrasting the, the, the relayed pitch at the Den, which is a Deso pitch, Deso pitch, yep. which is like a combination of grass and, and, and fibre. With the the um, situation at uh, Camelot Road, which I'm going to guess is just traditional turf yep. laid on on mud, you know, by, mm. on dirt basically, and the, the the difference between the firmness of the den and the softer pitch at Camelot Road being a cause for or one reason behind the torrent of injuries we've had all season. I, I don't know. Does that sound plausible to you, chaps? I mean, you both play and, and ref, but I I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I I think the thing is is that in the nicest possible way to Gary Rowett and I'll, I'll hold my hands up for him. We, we said it the other week, Nick, when I was last on, that for the amount of players he's had injured since he's taken over to, to be in with a sniff now and sort of do cons- consistently well over a number of years. I know performance-wise we may not agree it's what you want to watch, but he's done pretty well. Yeah. Surely in the nicest possible way this would have got sussed out before. If you know, if we was having injuries in other players or or other times, I mean, didn't Neil Harris have a bit of an injury issue a few years ago as well? So it would it would have got picked up before now that um, that we we have all these injuries and and I'm I'm in the nicest possible way. Um, if it was the case that a sort of grass and fibre combination of ground. Um, contrasted with grass is the is the issue and will lead to more injuries. Why did you get it done in the first place? Or playing devil's well, advocate. That question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And or um, playing devil's advocate, is that the reason why we're now moving training facilities? Well, well I think the, the, the pitch was relayed at the start of the season, just to just to uh, I'll come to you in a sec, Age. Um and the, the exact quote he's saying that there's no it kind of contradicts himself. There's no direct correlation, says Gary Rowett. But a lot of teams have had injury problems where they've gone from a soft first team pitch, i.e. the training pitch at Carmont, to a Deso pitch, which is a lot firmer, which is the pitch, Harry, that was relayed at the start of the season. The club also, um, it says here, did some work underneath the, the, the grass, we'll call it. It's a combo um, surface to allow for water um, water drainage. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we if we've laid it, why are we... Why are we laying a pitch that potentially causes more more problems? We have exactly. certainly seen a lot this season, haven't we? At the I, th- I think I think Calmont Road is you know as much as we like the traditions or whatever. Calmont Road's being moved away from anyway, so anything that bad maps Calmont Road's going to say is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. Like if you're from a club's point of view, allow my cynicism. But if you're spending two million pounds on a new training facility out in Kent that you're going to rent out like a lot of the lower league sides do to generate revenue. Um, you know, it, it yeah. probably makes sense to slag off traditional grass. Um, I think the problem we've got is that we've had a lot of our injuries have all been muscular. We've not had a broken leg. We've not had uh, no. 
No, we've had maybe Leonard with ligaments, but most of them tend to be strains, pulls, tears. These are all wear and tear injuries. A lot of sides, we're not just talking about Millwall, probably this season there has been an awful lot of injuries in football. I think it's a combination of two COVID seasons leading into this one. This season's on a truncated schedule anyway because they need to get done early to get the World Cup in at the end of the year. It's it's like the perfect storm. And we're a small squad anyway, so it affects us more than than maybe sides with more adequate resources. Um, What I would say to that is the person that manages minutes is Gary Rowett, the person that, you know, got rid of players, whether that's right, wrong or otherwise, was Gary Rowett. And the person that we decided to bring in, or two of the people that we decided to bring in, were injured straight away in their first games. So, you know, um, we, we instead of losing two players in Burke and Freeman, we lost five players because we let five players, well, we let three players go. And then the two that we brought in to replace them, we uh, we lost straight away. So, you know, there's were they fit? Did, did we do anything? You know, there are, you know, you can ask questions of this. I'm sure they did, or at least I hope they did. But we what's the right word you know we, we, we're the masters of our own downfall there you, you know we can't control injuries injuries happen he's done the best with the situation that they've had um you know whether or not that's right wrong or otherwise i think to still be in the sniff despite the injuries and i think that's what everyone keeps saying is despite yeah, yeah, the injuries, yeah. um yeah. it is good the the point is in i think in that article that you touched on about bennett he's saying about you know how many players are coming back we don't really want to rush Ojo into first-team football or Bradshaw, really. But I suppose when you've got the lure of 100 million quid, possibly, eight games away. Yeah, I think, I think they, will be, they will be pitched into it, Harry. You know, I think, that, I think that's the I think reality. the thing is, as well, with those, with those injuries, you, 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 you touched on it slightly, but I think you do make a good point, Harry, in the sense that a lot of the players who... or I won't say all of them, because it will contradict it, but a good number, a lot of the players are those who, who haven't had minutes elsewhere or have been a little bit in and out of the squad all season. I mean, with Bradshaw, um, yes, he got injured after having a bit of a run in the side, but it wasn't as if that was his like 20th game in a row. He was still sort of getting his way back into the team. As you say, with Freeman and Burke, these were players who, you know, they, they, they were like cars who were sitting out in the driveway for three, four months. You know, you've got to let the engine run for a little while before you start driving it again or, yeah, or something yeah. will break. Um as we know about uh, Mason Bennett, he's always susceptible to injury, and and yeah, he, I I don't I don't think it's the ground. I think it is sort of training. It could be training regimes, and like you say, trying to get either players who haven't been playing fit and playing when they're not ready, or or rushing people back from injury. Because um, I mean, even a Fobe it hasn't featured massively over the last few years, but he's played an awful lot of games for us this season and been a little bit in and out as well, hasn't he? I think it's the condensed... I mean, the Championship is always a long season, isn't it? 46 games plus cup competitions, uh, depending on how you're progressing those. But even just take the league season of 46 games. Um, Normally, it's spread over a a, a longer stretch. I mean, this season has been condensed because of last season and the COVID. There was a slightly uh, late start to this season and then we're having to finish it Probably a slightly tighter schedule because of the need to accommodate a World Cup in Qatar. More of that later, listeners. 
Um, so I, I do think that's that sounds to me like the um, likelier course. The, the 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 pitch is an odd one. It's just come out of a clear blue sky slightly. It's on news at then. I was just reading it before we came on 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 this call today, and I thought it just has a bit of a leaves on the line type of quality to it, doesn't it? You know. Um, we, we, we've got a, we've got a pitch that's supposed to, that's supposed to be brilliant. Deso pitch apparently is, is is where where we wanted it to be, so we can play football. As as uh, and we have seen that because you know we've just got going back a couple of games to the the Huddersfield performance for me performance of the season, where the team were playing absolutely at their maximum, and you know hats off to that. Um, so to, to refer to the Calmont Road, which is probably just like a, a, a playing field type of setup, really there, I can't imagine they've done an awful lot of pitch work there. Just seems an odd, an odd contrast to make. I mean, he's talking about the play, the, the run in, the final eight games here, and um, how he doesn't anticipate he being Gary Rowett doesn't anticipate fatigue, and um, as he puts it, bodies coming back being a problem. Um, I mean, I, I, I my, my worry is Harry that. The, the Huddersfield game was probably a, a great example of how, when we played to the max, that team that we've got, that's, that bare-bone squad, played to the maximum, is very, very good, can compete with anyone in the division. But you've got to play at that level, and that's a really hard ask over the final eight um, of, of a long season already. I know that's that's the nature of the, of the business that they're in, but um, I just think it's maybe too much of an ask now. There, do you see it, mate? Uh, I, I don't think that I think the Huddersfield performance was brilliant that's us at our attacking best that's the system that's what you were promised when Gary Rowett come in to move to this yeah and I, I suppose it's good that we see it we don't see it often enough yet for for my liking but when it's like that by all means I'm fully aboard the Rowett train that you get the yin and the yang of that the Stoke performance we've, we've written the Stoke performance off as we're knackered um and I think that's fair I, enough. I think we did look tired yeah, yeah I, I I think that's fair enough the difference is, is we can be knackered and we can, you know, because we've been very, very solid in terms of getting points when we've, we've in that run of eight games, we maximised what we had available on those days. And, you know, Blackburn, we're fucked. We can't go again. Let's, let's not lose, right? Mm. Behind the ball, whatever, XG of naught. Um, <laughs> you know, no shots on goal, whatever. And I think, realistically, this little time, um, this little international break has probably come at a really good time for Millwall. Um, you know, if we had beaten Stoke, it might have felt like this was a bad international break because you should have lost momentum. We've kind of lost momentum anyway because we lost the game. We can take a week off or whatever it ends up being. What is it? Just over a week um, uh, of time off. No Saturday, Tuesday for the first time in God knows how long. And you can get players time with their family, players to react, players maybe to refocus themselves the coaching team and that can build plans for, you know, Luton and subsequent games. You've got to take that as a positive. Yes, the other teams have that advantage as well, but, you know, they're not, you know, they've all got some form of expectation. I don't think we've really got expectation. I think Millwall fans, realistically, if I'm being honest, even myself really, didn't expect us to be here. Oh, and no, now we absolutely are, not. But now, no, now, no. We are, now we are here. And probably the squad, some of the squad didn't think that eight games ago. Now... There are members of our squad, you, you've mentioned it, it's been a running theme, you always mention this phrase, big time, whenever we get to the thing. Now, we do have, I think, big time players now. I think we've grown, I think Jake Cooper, Sean Hutchinson, Ballard, 
Saville, they've all, Saville and Ballard, for instance, are international quality players. I know it's Northern Ireland, but they are. They've been to European Championships and, and so on and World Cup qualifiers in big stadiums and whatever. That class will rise through in these eight games. And it has done over the last eight games. Saville started, Millwall's form has turned round in the turn round of how good George Saville has been over those eight games. Not yeah. started off like a rocket ship, but gradually built on and on. And people kind of, he's an unsung hero in that little bit of midfield. Billy Mitchell's playing really well. All these players are starting to play to the top of their ability. Yes, I understand the Huddersfield performance was probably all of them playing well at the same time, probably for the first time this season, other than maybe the QPR game in the system to play at that level. But the players that we've got coming back, like I, I always think that Ryan Leonard is is ridiculously good for us at, at times when he's sort of played three or four games together. And he's one of the players that, that Larry mentioned back. as returning. Bra- Bradshaw, Bradshaw was in his pomp, um, especially from a Millwall point of view. But I think he was up there with his Barnsley. Was he at Barnsley before? I think he was Barnsley. up there with the yeah. old scoring yeah. record yeah. there when he, when he got injured. You know, so even if only those two out of those players come back at the form that they were, Ojo's now going to get obviously get a chance. So automatically just saying those three players to add to that bench, that gives us a chance. That means that we don't have to play Lovelace on a Tuesday night when we have to ask his school for permission. Can he come? You know, that, that's a sim- and that's a fact. You have to. That's, yeah, no, that's no, the rules, young, right? That's so, right. so you take those three players. Those are three professionals, you know, that are going to come back into the squad that are are decent Millwall players or, or probably three of or Ojo, I'm still not sure. And he has fits and starts. He's a typical winger, but... The other two were members of the first team playing all the time when we're going. Kifton Bell coming back, well, maybe in terms of games when we're not going to have the ball, but he's got to do well to get back into that midfield. Those players help that bench because, you know, when you're looking at that bench, Conor Mahoney is not going to play. You know, you've got a no, he seems to be uh, a, a gone, a gone exactly. man now. He's the new Zampa. He's the new Zampa, I believe. You've got Zampa. You've got, um, You've got the other young kid, who I always forget his name, and I do apologise to him. Um, Tyrese, Tyrese Briscoe. That was one. He was on the pitch yeah, the other night, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So Topolodge. You know, as, well. as well. So those yeah. three probably will take them. Lovelace might travel because oh, I can see Lovelace playing on a Saturday at the Den on the bench in terms of just go and run in the corner and press everything before one nil up. Just rather than waste. Bradshaw's legs are chasing something or someone gets injured, you need him there. But I can't I can't see the other two being involved much more um, no, with the players coming back. The, the the thing is, is that just that reset, just those four players, that's a massive amount of ability to move around that squad. And not saying that other clubs won't have players back, not saying other, uh, other clubs won't have recovered in this time, but the percentage of our squad that were actually out compared to what they will be when we return after the international break, probably getting like 25% of what would be classed as sort of our first 22, you know, first 17 back. And and that's that's massive at this time of the season. You know, we've gone from scraping the barrel to probably, you know, we've got two loaves and fishes in there and we're trying to make feed the 5,000. But it, it, it might happen, you know, the weirdest things have happened in football. I just think... We are the gamblers' chance. So if I, I was going to say, if we're we're an horse in the national, we're one of the thirty-three to one. one of the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the long shot. Right, well, it is 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 a question for the listeners and a question for you two. Would you be disappointed if we didn't make the playoffs this year? Depends how we do it. 
Um, would I be disappointed? Um, I mean, I, I don't have the expectation that we will make it um, because I, I think uh, I think maybe a capture a bit of what Harry just said. I think that I regard it as a an unexpected bonus to even be able to talk about it, let alone um, get into it. I, th I think, you know, obviously a huge amount rests on Luton. I was just looking as you were talking there, Michael, Luton Town, the away section are sold out. It's only a 10,000-seat stadium anyway, Kenilworth Road, so that's about 1,000 uh, tickets for Millwall there. It's a huge, huge game. A big amount rests on that performance and the, the result as much as the performance. So the performance, just worry about the result. Yeah, I think it's one of those games, boys, where a 1-0 win, if it comes off of Jake's backside, is, is all, that we're, all that we want there. Um, if we can get a win there, if, then it's game on. I think then, you know, the, I was thinking that, that about the Huddersfield game, Michael, I mean, you're, you, you do, you're, um, you know, you're, you're an athlete. Um, recovery physically, Thank I think, you. is one, is, well, you know, you are. I mean, re recovery physically from, um, I don't know, you know a, a marathon or, or a half marathon or whatever, or in, in the footballer's case, that, that massive, massive performance against Huddersfield. I think you can recover physically. It seems to me, as an outsider to it, or that the it's the mental recovery. I think that we were mentally dulled as much as physically dulled at Stoke, and I think it's very hard. Tell me different, boys, if you if you don't agree. But I think it's very hard to maintain that higher tempo, maximum performance mindset. You can do it for a build up, and then it just there's a crescendo, and it it falls away slightly. I think that's what we saw at Stoke. I mean, Michael, does that sound plausible to you, or is is that Oh yeah, of, of, of course, of course it does. I mean, I mean that, that, that even if you look as silly as it stands, if you look at like Olympic athletes, I mean, I know the sort of time period is longer, but they just sort of train for like four years. So even they've got a discipline of a certain amount of time, and these yeah. are people who who are doing it day in day out. Um, again, sort of with using the example of marathon running, you sort of have like a sort of three four month period of I'm going to be focused all the time and everything like this. But you're right, Nick. You know, like and and when you're playing football, you, you might have your sort of short-sighted goal of a few days and then the game, and then it lulls, the short side then lulls. And sometimes, depending on your mentality as a person, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but if you're in the sort of lull period or the period between games or in national breaks, you might start losing that little bit of motivation or like you say, that 100% sort of sharpness to be at mm -hmm. your very, very best. And all it takes at this sort of level, I mean, these are athletes who... Who sort of do like ice baths and look for you? You always hear the yeah, sound, don't you? Yeah. Look for the one percent. All you need to be is at ninety-eight percent, and your opponent be at hundred, and you've lost the game. So if you're if you're consecutively playing at hundred percent, like we did for those eight games before, and unfortunately a few of the players pick up the lull, which does happen, then then the Stoke result does happen. So yeah, I, I I agree with that totally, Nick. Yeah, I, I think, think the the effect Harry as well. I mean. Uh... The effect of the den, we the, it's a it's a truth. Um, much much harder to go to Stoke. I mean, there's a good travelling support. I think nearly a thousand went up to Stoke, but it's a, just a different ball game to be playing in in the Bet Three Six Five Stadium than backed hard by a full or you know a fired up den, if not full house, a fired up den makes a difference. Yeah, it does. I mean, look at it from this point of view. I think the the talk before the Huddersfield game would be if we win, we drag these in it. Hmm. You know? Because they're not gonna if they win, if they come here and beat us, they're 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 gone. And that's third gone. So we're only playing fourth, fifth, sixth. It's silly because people will say, Don't look at the table and all this, and football players will come out. They're human, they're looking at the fucking table. Don't, yeah, don't of course they're they not, right? Yeah. So they they think, right, we've dragged we've dragged another one in it. Right, that's another one that, that's got a 
beat other teams. You've done us a favour because it meant that others would really and then losing again the same day we did against Stoke, unfortunately, but they, they lost again, meant that they're now not a dead cert really for second and they're not, they, you know, they've got a fight to stay in the playoffs. You can't, they can't go, well, we're done. So no. we, we dragged another one in. So the mentality of coming off that pitch at nine, half past nine at night on the Tuesday, let, let's just look at the week. Let's say the adrenaline's buzzing, you know, they're taking the piss on the on the Sky interview, putting the fucking music on, um, yeah. don't go breaking my heart and all that, right? The adrenaline, let's say they all live an hour away from the ground. Let's say they're home by 11, right? They can't sleep, so they ain't going to bed till two, right? By yeah. the time they've tossed and turned in bed. Fucking, then what? It's Wednesday. Football players normally have Wednesday off. Don't know yeah. if they're in. After a game, Thursday. you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Then, thir- then Thursday, they come in and have one day, of, one day of training before travelling to Stoke on Friday and playing Stoke on Saturday. That is the relentless nature of the championship. And to switch on and switch off in that time and get your recovery right and get your hydration right and get your food right is, is hard. Big, it's and, a big and, ask. And that is why in the championship, it is an achievement to go eight games unbeaten. That is why it was such a good run. And, and without conceding a goal for five. Absolutely. That is why I feel the way I do doing that predictor because I don't see it. There's nothing, there was nothing that changed there. There was what we do in this situation, which is it happens very rarely, maybe once every three years, that Millwall something clicks, right? And we just knock into that go. We almost rise to the level that we all want us to be all the time, but almost by Millwall in nature, even you, me and Michael aren't that all the time. We're not, you know, the den doesn't perform every game and that's not a knock. We just don't, right? Sometimes you go to the den and it's flat. There's no reason for it. You still support them the same, but it's not, it's not horrible. It, it, it just sort of exists and meanders into a, you know, it takes them to ignite us. Other days they turn up and they walk out and we are fucking want to kill someone before they even get out, get out on the pitch. You know, that's, that's probably the analogy for the squads almost for some unknown reason. It just didn't happen. Um, and I, I just think that there is no reason why they cannot do that again, because they've shown it against good sides that they can get clean sheets and I they agree. can score goals. I agree. I think it's I think, a big ask, least, but it's, there's no reason. There's this no is, reason why they can't do it. It is a big ask, chaps, and I, I make you right, Harry. That this team has shown against Huddersfield, particularly, a good team, a form team. They came in as the form side of the championship of the country. Um, yeah, and we we well we we made them look second best. So this this is a good collection, no matter how reduced we are, no matter how thin the the, the bench might look. Um, and that's hopefully improving. So we've got players coming back now, experienced players. It won't be like bringing the kids off the bench. It'll be bringing maybe Ryan Leonard or it might be bringing Keefton Bell, players that have been around the track a few times. Um, so I think it's all, all there to, to, to play for. Achtung, If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. To move, just move along, if we may, boys. It's, it's going to be... I mean, this is an international break week, so you're kind of thinking of what, what, what things you can talk about. And I think it's probably the right time because... Fairly soon, the MSC will be organising the player of the season um, vote because it'll be over the next few weeks or so. I think normally it's presented before the last home game of the season. Um, so I thought it might be a good time just to discuss between us who might be the candidates. Um, Michael, who, who might your vote go for if um, or when we see the, the final um, ballot list, so to speak, player of the season? Um. Yeah, as you guys have known me for quite a while now, and I presume the listeners have got to sort of know my sort of style when it comes to these things, I don't always tend to go for like the out-and-out favourite all the time. Um, I'm not sure whether it's to give someone else a chance or, or but just because I sort of fancy, you know, rocking the apple cart a bit. But oh. Jed, Jed's obviously the clear favourite to win the thing. Um, but personally, I, I can't see why someone like Dan Ballard wouldn't get a shot. I know he's a lone player. But I think Dan Ballard, for, for coming in as a lone young defender, which is a difficult position to play when you're young, the only real football he sort of had is League One academy level. And to be up until he got injured, arguably the first name in the back three, back five all season, I think it's an incredible achievement. So I'd, I'd go for Dan Ballard personally. Also, I like with Ballard, the way obviously we've just lost uh, Sean Hutchinson, the mainstay of the defence, the rock, uh, player of the season a number of times over. And for Dan Ballard to come back from injury and take his place in the team and for us then to go on and perform so well, as, as we did in that run-up until Stoke, I think is, is a massive achievement. Um, Harry, who, 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 who might your vote um, be, be placed against when you see the ballot paper? Uh, it will be Murray Wallace. Um, right. I, th- I, think, I think Murray Wallace is the walking embodiment of the championship uh, top end championship side of Millwall Football Club is Andy Frampton, but in the championship, yeah. he started at one Abdul level. From yeah, Scotland. he start, start, started at one level and has uh, improved massively since he's got here. He's the fittest player by far, does the most running, 
whether or not yeah. that's he's out of position or not. People are going to pick his game apart now and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But he, he is fantastic. Um, I think him and Malone, when they're on form, are a very good partnership down that left-hand side. Um, yeah. I think Murray, you know, is very unlucky to play in a era where Scotland have uh, Robertson as a left-back because I think he'd be in there. I think if he played for a more fashionable team, he'd be in their first, he'd be in their squad. I think that's unfortunate for, for Murray Wallace. Um, but that being, and also the last time that they put anyone connected with Millwall in the Scotland side, it was Jordan Archer. So I think that's tainted them forever. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I just think Murray Wallace has just rid, risen all the time. I think he's got the architectural, brilliant Millwall story of, probably being told you're you're not the first team pick um and improving everyone wrong and and you know i think that that speaks a lot to most supporters at the club um so yeah it, for me murray it wallace. does i i was actually going to say murray wallace myself so i'll, I'll choose choose um, someone else just for the purposes of the conversation but I, I love murray wallace as he's well known anyone listens into the to the show and i'll make you right harry i mean it's the journey because he came from Scunthorpe and he, he came in as this kind of um, League One journeyman defender that wasn't, you know, was seen as, a, as an honest man, but not as any kind of, um, wasn't going to lift you out of your seat. But I am loving, loving, boys, these little flamboyant moments that he's been showing in recent games, these little Cruyff turns, the... The slide rope pass for a phobie, was <laughs> and he didn't shoot. Where's it come from? I mean, he, like, played, he does, I, he does I, I, play I with a confidence. Picking up a colouring in book, and suddenly I've turned into Picasso overnight. You know, it's it's amazing. Um, for, for that reason, it'll, it'll probably get my vote. I, I, I think because I just love him. Um, I mean, my my choice in as Murray's been taken, listeners, I, I will have to go for the other Wallace Jed. Purely because again, he's he's made a journey, champs, as well. When you think the Jed that we signed, was it from Wolves? He came, or was it Pompey? I can't remember which one. Uh, Wolves. Wolves. He came to us from Wolves. Um, a good few years ago now. It's about about six years ago since he first came to Millwall in League One. And I mean, I don't know if you'd all agree. I mean, he was a good winger. Um, I saw him as a good winger for us in League One. Um, but he's again he's added layers to his game and the willingness to take on sometimes he goes a bit you know in, indulgent i don't know if that's the right word but he goes a, you know he'll try things that don't always come off and you'd always look like the um you know you've got ego on your face if uh, if if you do that um but i just think from from a millwall perspective i imagine he'll probably move on at the end of the season when his his contract is out unless we um, do achieve Harry level mystic results of uh, wins, and then then the end of season uh, tournament. We mustn't call it the playoffs, boys, because like Macbeth, we can't use the word. P word. The end of the end of season tournament. Um, I just think, from my point of view, it, it just gives us a level that um, we we'd struggle without him. I mean, we do struggle without him, and, and it's noticeable. And he's not playing for us, so I think. I like your I like your choice of Wallace Harry, but I'm going to go for Jed just to make it a three different three different names. I'd say um, Bart in dispatches as well, just because no one else has mentioned him. But I think Bart is still worth twelve well, points a season. You take Bart for granted a little bit, don't you? I don't know. I, I was literally wrong. just going to say that. Yeah, you could, mm. but you take world class saves because that's what we've seen on a good number of occasions in this run because we've ridden our luck a little bit um we've played some decent teams that have created chances and he's made saves so that would have been goals 
under under many many goalkeepers, and you kind of take that a little bit for granted. It's like all the great goalkeepers we've had at the den over over time, you start to um, I don't know, you just get used to them being in and you get used to them being brilliant. I mean, Warner and Tony Warner used to get used to them pulling off miracle saves and it's just penalty saves, weren't it? Just like, oh, it's a penalty, yeah, it's all right, yeah, he'll probably save fine. this, you know, it's and fine. it's 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 um, it's quite something so, um. I imagine the, 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 the vote will be organised over the next few weeks then, Michael, because we haven't got many home games to go now. We? So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, the wheels, the the wheels are in motion. The wheels are in motion. We've all got the rotor as to who's going to be standing there with the ballot paper. With your bucket, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be like a school um, election for class president, as it normally is. That organised. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, I've... I don't tend to vote in it. I'll be so totally honest. Yeah, I, 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 I do. Never, I do online. I, I never, online. I never, I never seem to. I just sort of it just exists, and then normally the person who gets voted on would probably would have voted for anyway. So it's all right. But I think there's only ever been one where I'm like, how the fuck has he won that? Did um, I think Dave it was, Livermore. It was Dave Livermore. It was the <laughs> year of that, Dave that, Livermore. That's how you get politicians. Oh, I don't, I don't vote in the election, but I want to moan about the government. You know. Oh no, this was this is why all the time. I think that was when I was very young, Nick. So that that taught me that I have to vote in every general election. Oh, yeah. you don't always get the result that you. Otherwise, want. it don't work. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So, no, Systems okay. predicated, on not The only the question I was quickly going to ask, uh, yeah. mentioning the end of season tournament, right? Yes, was that. If we do get to the end of season, yes, yes, yeah. Um, do you give us more? Ch- uh, uh, do you give us a bigger chance of winning the tournament that we might not get to than actually getting into the tournament? I, because I like, you, that's how I feel. I, I think, think you, I you, captured the tournament. Tournament. You, you said that. I think the tournament's a complete lottery. In, in brutally honest with you, because you 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 get team. You you could have a team like say say for example, Luton, Luton third now. Yeah. So say for example. They're up there now. They're a complete wild card. So they'll they'll just sort of keep going out there, going. They shouldn't be up there. You could have a team like Huddersfield, like you say, get a little bit of a dip in form. Probably should be one of the better sides in the playoffs. Their confidence will be on the floor if they lose two, three games in the last few games of the season. And then you could have us who sneak in sick. We're riding the absolute crest of a wave. How many times the teams who are fifth, who finish fifth or sixth in the playoffs? It's it's more often than you think. I th- I think the, I think what we've got. I think what we've got the last two games and our last two regular season games are probably very, very Millwall to fuck up. And I, I mean that in the nicest possible way because we've got Bournemouth away, who should be up by then, right? Going yeah, all yeah, yeah. And Peterborough, is it? And then Peterborough at the dead. Yeah, and, yeah. and you and you sit there and go, Peterborough are going to need a fucking are going to need a win on the last day of the season and Millwall are going to need a win and that don't suit us because we we won't be the underdogs we'd have been better the other way round getting a draw at Peterborough and then needing to beat Bournemouth because yeah. then we, you know it would and it the, would the, rise the, for the occasion wouldn't yeah, it yeah absolutely I mean they'd be beat before they left the changing room I mean whether or not that's getting off the coach or getting into the ground I, I don't know but they'd, 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 be, they'd be beat wouldn't they but, I think I mean you, you made this point the other day Harry I can't remember when it was whether it was on the voicemails or when we were talking but I think if we can pull off the number of wins required to get into the playoff end of season tournament, I should say, if we can do that, then we would be on such a rush of adrenaline that we've pulled that exactly. off. Yeah. And we would surge into that home, because we'd probably be six, I reckon, which gives you your first playoff game at home. So there's a lot of ifs in there, listeners, isn't there? But yeah. if we can get the wins required, we're probably talking about what eight games. You're talking about four plus five wins, maybe. I reckon. I reckon five. 
I reckon four wins if you four wins, four draws, or five wins, five wins, three win, uh, three draws, and a defeat, you could probably get away with. So you but, picture uh, the, the adrenaline rush, Harry, of that um, going into the end of season tournament, then that first playoff game. I mean, I think the players will, will be pushed along on the pitch by the sheer force of the den in that situation. So. Um, I also would like it to end up being, it'd be quite nice if it wasn't someone particularly well supported, if that makes sense. So if it was a Luton, you know, Luton or Uddersfield over two legs, I fancy us more than us versus Forest over two legs would be difficult. And so would Blackburn. A one-off occasion at Wembley, we've got a lot of experience in that side at Wembley. Like, let's not get it wrong. It's not a, I know we take the piss, but it has become a bit of a second home in the last sort of, 10, yeah, 15 yeah, years. Yeah. So, you know, uh, um, you know, it's a free spin and a dice. Say, say the playoff ends up being Millwall versus Blackburn or Millwall versus Nottingham Forest. You know, you know what the foot, you know what the sky coverage will be if it got to that point. It'd be all about ex-English champions, Nottingham Forest, or all about ex-English champions, um, Blackburn. And that'd be, that'd suit us perfectly to go there and ruin that day because it, it just would. Whereas us going against Little Luton Town is literally the worst fucking thing that could ever well, happen. That would be, be a low, a low, uh, a low, uh, audience playoff final, wouldn't it, for Sky TV? I've just, I, as I it said, reminds the other me of the other and Reading one that went to um, went to penalties. It was like no one oh, actually most, wanted to go yeah. up. <laughs> the most, most boring playoffs or something like that. Yeah, it was. I it can't was. imagine the quaking Premier League offices. Can you at the moment? As, as if we do get close to it, I um, think they've got two teams they definitely don't want in there, and I will say they definitely don't want Kenilworth Road. They do not want Pep Guardiola turning up at either. <laughs> yeah. They don't want the, they don't want Pep Guardiola walking past Zampa Fish, and they definitely don't want him walking through that fucking away end at Luton, do they? Well, you, you go past someone's bathroom, don't you? Have a look in there, sitting yeah. having a party. Or something. <laughs> you can have this uh, in the yeah. <laughs> It's a bit different, isn't it? Um, I was looking at the. Um, I was looking. I was looking at two things on the official website, listeners. One that is just reinforced. I was just listening to um, the the news as I came in to start the recording, and the inflation is now running at six point two percent. I don't know if that's RPI or CPI or whatever measure. I know it's, it's higher. Let's put it that way. Which just made me. It just struck me that the season tickets price being frozen is such a massive gesture by a Mill Football Club, a club that's you know obviously we've been hit like many others by the COVID, but, you know, it just, it just really struck me thinking that, you know, that everyone's been subject to inflation at these, at these levels and that, that's making a lot of people's lives difficult, but to be able to keep the season ticket prices frozen, and I get that it's a big outlay for, you know, if you haven't got the money, you can't take it on, but that's, that's a massive gesture, Harry, isn't it? you know? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's intelligent as well. I think it's reading the room for one, and also, the, the more affordable they are, even though it is a lot of money, the more affordable they are, the more people have a chance to buy them. Um, yeah. A full den is a uh, is an intimidating and hard place to come. So No, it's not. Work. It's full of day trippers and holidays. Shut up. Shut up. Honestly, that day tripper conversation... Right, that day trip conversation. If you generally have a problem with them turning up, you're quite happy for us to sit in League One. That's all I'm going to say, you know. And if that's what you want, then fair enough. To, I want to uh, I want to mention, boys, just in passing. I'm actually going to do a separate 
podcast with Phil Clark and Nim Fizzler is going to chair. He's going to be our Jeremy Paxman Ooh. talking about the Lions Trust. You'll probably all have seen, oh, hopefully you've all seen, I don't know what you're doing if you're not following us on Twitter, but we've put the Lions Harry, Trust yeah. website out there, like www.thelionstrust.org. Um, and we're trying to relaunch it at the moment, listeners. Do do express an interest in it. There's, a, there's an email response um, facility on the website. You'll probably all have seen um, the Chelsea takeover, the, or the, the enforced sale due to the odd invasion of another country by um, by Russia. The, the the sale of Chelsea by uh, inflicted on on the on the club by the government now imposed on a, on the club by the government. Um, and the Chelsea Trust has been speaking out, like their supporters trust. These these organisations are interesting in that they do have a um, they're, they're, they're akin to being a company. They're actually called Community Benefit Society. So they're, they're, they have a legal status. They're registered at Companies House. The Lions Trust has existed since 2002. And it fell into a bit of, um, uh, I don't know if dormancy is a word, actually. I've made it up. I'm going to make it a word. It, felt, it became dormant. Um, but I think in the current world that we live in now, and Harry just made the point about John Berylson, you know, we, 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 we love him to pieces, but... You, you never know what's around the corner. We've had a long period of stability at the, the den and we've kind of got used to it a little bit, but you never know what's, what's what's around the next corner, as we've seen in the world generally. And to have a supporters trust that's active and alive is an important thing. The Chelsea one has spoken out about um, there's an American group, I think, that were coming in. They, they've got words to say about them and their, yeah, some of their were, views and opinions. Um... They were um, the American group that they were interested in were um, not particularly um, free spending would be my Chicago my, uh, Cubs ownership. I think yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, compare their what I mean. You're a baseball fan, Nick. What was it? What was it? Seventy odd years without winning a title. Yeah, they had a, they had a World Series win a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the finances in baseball are. are... Well, they're going for a crisis. They weren't going to. They weren't going to play. They weren't going to play the season. They're late going back because they're having an argument yeah. over over contracts and so on and so forth about how much money it will be a bit like cricket over here probably a one for another podcast but a, but an yeah. interesting take on what happens when people stop watching your tv sport but what was interesting with the, the chelsea trust was that they were asking the government to make sure that any owner including a saudi arabian group and like they lurched from Putin, putin's russia to the uh the, the bastion of human rights is, is uh, saudi arabia um, but they wanted them to in, impose the this this idea of a golden share on the that the owners would be required to create that as part of the sale process. Whether they'll be successful or not, I don't know. Was that on a, was that on a white paper earlier? Sorry, Nick. Was that it's on a part white of the, paper? Um, and in, in fact, coincidentally, just before we started speaking, I was watching um, Prime Minister's Question Time. Listeners, this is never never thought you'd say that on a Millwall podcast. But um, Did anyone call anyone a cunt? <laughs> no, you're not allowed. It's unparliamentary. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but there was a question um, where Boris Johnson replied that he, um, I think he said that he wants to see an independent football regulator, which was a major plank of this report, the Tracy Crouch report. Um, the independent regulator of football, he actually said in Parliament um, that he wants to see that come in, uh, just literally about an hour or so ago from when we started recording. Um, and part of there's many many recommendations under that Tracy Crouch report, but one of which is that uh, football fans, via their supporters trust, hold a veto, a golden share it's called, but it's a veto 
over what happened, say, with um, do you remember when Whole City were going to be renamed the whole oh, Tigers. Tigers and something? Yeah. yeah. So there, the supporters trust. Also, it. Um, Vincent Vincent Tan changing the colours of Cardiff from yeah. blue to red. So they could what they called various major aspects of the club's identity, and that would be badge, name, um, colours, club colours. And I think to some extent moving out of the of the area. So Wimbledon, for example, moving to originally I was talking about Dublin, but anyway, that moving Sydney's Wimbledon to Milton Keynes and and um and that kind of thing would be would be vetoed by this golden share idea. Um so the the essence of a supporters trust is that it's formally set up, it's a legal organization, and it, it's just to stress, um, as I will do at the show with, with Phil where we talk about it, but it, it's not intended to be any kind of rival organisation for the Mill Supporters Club because what it, what it won't be doing is any day-by-day stuff. And largely speaking, it will be just there. You know, it, you, you hope you never need some of these, these, these um, uh, you don't need a veto. You don't need it to be a, uh, a vehicle for a fan-owned club. You want life to carry on as it is at the moment, where these these matters don't arise. So it's not intended to be some kind of rival. It's but you do need it, in my opinion. No, like you need a lifeboat uh, on a get on the on the Woolwich ferry. You need a lifeboat to, in case it sinks. So is the, um, is the aim with that? Sorry, is the aim with that just as a question as a, as a thicko? So is the aim with the Lions Trust then to be almost there, ready to go if the Golden Share say? scheme yeah. become part of it that we'd yeah. already be set up just in case of mr berylson's ill health and sell of club say for instance as a scenario we'd already have it set up we wouldn't be scrambling to try and get any legitimacy for it basically is that one yeah of the i mean you, one you, of the, it, the, the lifeboat is a great analogy because you know you don't get on i'm just i've just thought to myself that shows the limit of my cruising Life when I talk about the Woolwich Ferry rather than getting on some kind of uh, PO, no, not PO. No, don't get on the PO. Don't, some don't, some don't Caribbean cruise. What has this so show become? PO and cruising. What's going well, on? It's better than, let's put it this way we couldn't use Euro ferries as a fucking as a ferry company. Yeah. If, you get on, you, if you get on a Euro ferry, you want to know that if it sinks, there's a lifeboat. So to answer your question, Harry, um, yeah, you, you need it in case you need to reform Millwall as a fan-owned club, like you see a, a lot of non-leagues clubs now are owned by the fans, you'd only do that in dire, dire circumstances where you've got a berry situation going on. It's not a recipe for, um, you know, going be it's going to be what you do when um, the world is collapsing around your ears. You can turn it into a fan-owned club. So you'd only do that as an emergency response. Um, so, yes, that's, that's always been its prime and only aim, really. But now the government are talking about bringing these the terms of this Crouch report, and they would want to give a golden share to a properly set up, legally um, organised fans organisation, and that's what the Lions uh, the Lions Trust is, and that's what we're trying to move it towards uh, being. There's a bit of paperwork we've got to get sorted out. As I say, it's registered with Companies House. It's registered with the Financial Control Authority. Um, so you, you, there's, there's bits of paper that's got to be sorted out on that front. It stood idle for five years, basically. Um, but once that's done, then that's that will be its purpose and its function. It's it's one of those things, and it's a bit contradictory, listeners. But it's very very important, and yeah, it probably won't be doing much. It just needs to be there. Like um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, I keep saying the lifeboat, and it's an insurance. Like a fire problem. extinguisher. 
I like a fire extinguisher, good example. You want to make sure it's it's there, active and ready if it needs to be used and you hope it never is needed to be used. So just wanted to mention that, um, www.thelionstrust.org. We are getting people to respond by email. You'll become a member, um, so it's free to join it. There may at some point be a request to pay a pound because a minimum you have to make a charge to become a member formally of, and most supporters trust charge a tenner a year. And I'm a bit uncomfortable about charging a tenner a year for something that's probably not going to do much. But you have to charge something, and the minimum you can charge is a pound. And that's what we'll do when we organise a vote for the chairman. It's to be a legal vote, you have to have paid some money. So a pound is the minimum that we can ask. So I think, hopefully, we won't get too many moans and groans about paying a pound at some point in the near future when that comes to pass. Um, there will be more news on that once, we, um, once we've once we moved a little bit further down the road of getting things sorted out. Um, so, yeah, if, if anyone has any questions, do get in touch with us. I'm going to do a separate show with Phil Clark, who's helping me to um, organise stuff. And Neil Fissler will be in the chair and he'll throw us lots of awkward, hard questions that we try our best to answer and not contradict each other because everyone has a bit it, it, it this one of the strange things with supporters trusts in many ways is that they can be largely whatever people want them to be locally but in the middle case it's going to be the fire extinguisher lifeboat analogy therefore bad days if they ever came you become a fan owned club if disaster struck and to hold the golden share veto if a new owner wanted to turn us into the the Lewisham Lions and play, what, um, play so in all red or something, you know. What what all oil rich Middle Eastern state are we gonna allow by the club, Nick? I just need to so I can, so I can I, invest I, I, so I can invest my money wisely before we do this. I, I hear Vladimir Putin needs a needs a well, needs a bit of a break. Well, I, I think <laughs> he's got I think, oil. Yeah, well, I think I think the other one is who's got all the electric? Who owns all the electricity? Maybe he's maybe, got a load of stooges out there. There's a bloke from Belarus that he keeps to who looks like something off of the Welsh rugby committee somewhere. somewhere well, who, who's that bloke you said emailed the other day, Nick? That Kim Jung something. <laughs> he, needs, he, needs, he needs some good publicity. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, there it is, boys. Lecture over on that front. I just want to move through um, one or two. Um, wide world of sport, Michael. You suggested a couple of stories. I, I haven't really got much time to cover them all because we're going to get in your, your club shop review before we close. But I love this story, chaps. This is one from Argentina, listeners. I'm just trying to picture the MSC statement after... A bunch of grenades got thrown, live grenades got thrown onto um, the first division side in Argentina between Rosario Central and Newell's own boys. A grenade oh, was thrown onto the field of play. I'm just trying to construct the, the MSC statement that could be put out to the, to, to the media after that, Michael, in my head. Well, mine, mine, would, mine would say something along the lines of, I'm currently out of the office uh, <laughs> returning. <laughs> right, I, I, think, I think the best way you could describe that is going, we at the MSC do not condone the use of military-grade firearms. <laughs> well, I, I can top that story. I mean, that was that was a grenade chucked into an Argentine, Argentina um, Premier League, uh, First Division, whatever you want to call it, between Rosario and Newell's Old Boys. But in Mexico, I mean, this really would tax the MSC's um, statement writing um, abilities. abilities. In Mexico, in their Liga MX, the Mexican First Premier League, at least 17 people were killed and 26 people were brutally injured in a football match between um, Queretaro and Atlas, 
um, when fighting broke out around the, the stadium. Um, and then the unconfirmed reports of deaths, no one's admitting, the local governor won't admit deaths happened because criminality, the local gangs were mixed up in this um, uh, 17 potentially killed and 26 brutally injured. I think that would be a stretch to try and, um, you know, Definitely. the Sky Sports statement, you know, what, what would, what would um, Don Goodman have to say about that afterwards? It oh, would be, if that happened at the den, it would be a difficult one, wouldn't it? The, um, the, 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 the footage that done the rounds on Twitter just there was a couple of coppers just involved and it was just literally it was like fucking a fag in the mouth and not my job mate fucking i'm not getting involved <laughs> anywhere near this that is not my job i'll be speaking to my union on monday <laughs> me. i don't need to be i do not need to be subjected to this that's what it felt like um yeah dodgy as fuck is probably shouldn't shouldn't laugh this. really but you have to see the funny side of it the the, the mexican league has been suspended i should think it would be after um don't be criminal... a tosser <laughs> Toss that grenade. <laughs> That's that, yeah, that would be good. You could have that, but then maybe, um, maybe I reckon there'd be some added security added to the director's box and maybe the officials' room at the mill wall as a, as a direct consequence of live ammunition being phoned on the pitch. We have been there before, but I mean, as ever, mill will break new ground. I mean, we, you know, when it comes to grenades and football, we have been. I was going to say, before. I'm sure, I'm sure that mill sure do that in the old years, years or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was a Brentford, wasn't it? They, 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 yeah, yeah, Brentford. They took a disliking to the Brentford goalkeeper. It was a bloke called Chick Brody. It was a rather um, loud-mouthed goalkeeper. He used to wear a flat cap, Chick Brody, and it was spelt C-H-I-C, like chic. And I, th I think they didn't like him. I think he had a few saucy words with Millwall to with the, the cold blow lane end. And always, in the, in the return fixture, they decided to throw a hand grenade at him. But, um, it wasn't. It wasn't live. I mean, it was not. It wasn't live. It was just a dud. Anyway, I mean, was that we're... mud? Run, was that mud running down the back of his shorts? Or <laughs> apparently, the um, the story at the time said that there, there was there was a moment where everyone looked at this hand grenade that had been thrown on the pitch, and then one of the old stewards came out of a bucket of sand and put that over. <laughs> we have got that guy still, still though. There's a there's a guy who lives in the uh, in the Dockers Lower. The Dockers Lower faithful know exactly lives what I mean. He's got a he's got a glove. It's like a special flare glove, and he's the man that runs out. And seen, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he goes out and picks up the flares, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he get extra for that, Michael? You, you'll know. Does he get extra <laughs> money for wearing the glove, like the Michael Jackson glove? Oh, don't can you imagine? Yeah, jeez, I'm not getting shall involved in gloves club, and flares. Shall we do your club shop update, Michael? You dug out some. Actually, I, I quite liked one bit on there. Actually, you've sent through. There was seventy-five um... percent off in the club shop, ladies and gentlemen, of all Macron products. That's the serious uh, part of the club shop update. Now how we move on to the chaos. I actually quite liked one of these things, but Michael, you you, you want to kick us off with your Millwall Mum Marble Millwall Mum Marble Magnet. There's too many right. So I'm going to start. So, so it's, it's Mother's Day, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, from time to time, I, ch I chuck these out. So, so it's Mother's Day, and why would you want to go and take your mum for a lovely spa day, out for a lovely meal, or get the most important in your woman in your life when you can take her down the Millwall Club Shop? If you want a fantastic present, which is also a ridiculously hard tongue twister, then the Millwall Mum Marble Magnet is for you. For the fantastic price of just a fiver, you can it's be the one who lights up. It's a fiver, Jesus, for this piece of shit. It's, but it's not. for the available <laughs> down the blue market soon. I haven't finished yet. Excuse me. Go for on, the fantastic price of just five pounds, you can be the one who lights up your mother's face as she sees a lovely piece of laminated rock with a black back, magnetic back, 
that she, has to, she can use to put on her fridge to keep a to-do list on the fridge. <laughs> Disclaimer, although the club is an organisation of few words, having a piece of marble with just mum on it and saying it's the Mother's Day gift is stretching it a bit. Also, an item on your mother's to-do list, which is being held up by said magnet, could be get rid of this piece of shit I got for Mother's Day. <laughs> so Nick, Nick, as usual, can you describe the magnet? Let's have a look at the magnet. Um, hang on, I've got to, I'll have to go cut this so it sounds instant. So the magnet looks a bit like the kind of thing you might put on our wall, you know, the tribute to the, to the fallen and, the, and, the, and those that we've lost. It's basically like a marble piece, a piece of marble, with a Millwall badge on it, Mill Football Club 1885, and the word mum written right next to it. I mean, it's minimalist, minimalist. I just want to know what are you in the kiosk? One. I just, I just want to know what the design fee is for that, and who, who it's, designed it's minimal. it. It's minimal. They've got the, it's, it's, it's is there any designer? Is there any designer? Did less, they just go to less more less, they've got the that's that's Nick Hart's uh, view on London Fashion Week this week, ladies and gentlemen. Less is more. <laughs> Nick, Nick I'll, I'll let I'll let you do the next one, Nick. All right. Well, I, I don't know if any of you boys are dog owners. I, I've never been one for um, pets personally, but if I did own a Millwall dog, a Millwall I'd want dog. it. <laughs> I would want it trained to attack on the word Chelsea. Was one of the legendary figures of the past. He had his dog trained to attack on the word Chelsea. But if I did have a Millwall dog, I wouldn't train it to attack on the word Chelsea. I would have it wearing a bandana bought from the club shop. Um, and a little script. Have you ever looked at your photo and thought, what a dog? <laughs> I'm going to let all you listeners fill in your own punchlines to that. What, what a dog. This is full of punchlines, this one. Keep going. <laughs> fill in your own punchline. Um, and have you looked at the model modelling item? Have you wondered what you can do for that hairy partner in your life and <laughs> what to get the bitch who you share a house with? <laughs> oh dear. Well, look no further than SE16 because the, for the fantastic bargain price of just £10. How much? £10. Your dog could be the proud owner of a mill dog bandana. Well, it's like a rave type look, isn't it? A real mill dog bandana. Gone are the days when Stowe Island collars and chain leashes showed how real wool you were. And the utter steal of only £6.25 delivery charge. On top of the item, your cockadoodle can be the envy of all of its pedigree chums. That's good. I like that line. That's a good line. Thank pedigree you. chums in this navy bandana with a clip art paw print. Disclaimer, we at Akdungal do not condone bad language. No, we don't. So the use of the term bitch is to define the gender of your dog not anyone else you may live with. Also, we do not condone bad language if you take the adoodle off the breed of dog. What is this? What are you written here, Mike? You may feel like one when you walk your pooch with this monstrosity tied around its neck. Finally, yes, it really is. £6.25 delivery for anything over £9.90. That does seem strong. I mean, how they run well, that shit I'll, I'll, be I'll be totally honest. If your dog does rip that up, that is going to be, one, the best thing it's ever done for you, and two, it's just cost you the best part of the score. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like one of those dribble things you give babies. Not a bib, but you know it's you like give like a little yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awful. On honestly, who, who in their right mind was thinking, I'll give this for a dog and, and like what, what, what I want to know is what what do they think hipsters think when they see Millwall? Because the first thing that comes to my mind isn't they think, Oh, what a lovely club. I'm gonna buy a bandana that represents my feelings. In my hipster London abode, my flat down on the South Bank, where I'm going to pop out for coffee with my dog. 
right, that I'm going to show off that I'm very inclusive in this inclusive London capital by wearing my Millwall <laughs> bandana on my dog. I, I can't see that being the first. I mean, this is... You say it was a long dog. shot item, this wouldn't is, you? This is, the fucking, this is the marketing department of that club shop, ladies and gentlemen. Someone bought that. Someone ticked a, Someone literally went, that's a good idea, and ticked that. These people walk amongst us. They have the vote, Nick. Well, I think that's the real <laughs> story, Harry. Who, who buys it? And then we need to know that story. Not who even buys it from the club shop. Who actually buys it for the club shop is the interesting <laughs> point. The bandana goes around the dog's neck, listeners, in case you're wondering what it is. But I actually quite like the last item. I don't like the price. I will be up to fun, boys. Would you, like, would you like me to do this last one, Nick? Go on, then. You go for it, Michael. Go on. Nin 1994. What a year. Nelson Mandela became president of South Africa. Boys to men topped the charts. The Channel Tunnel officially opened. Block one of the South London Stadium was not covered in bird shit. And England hadn't qualified for the World Cup. Also around that time, Mill went on a fantastic run and didn't gain promotion in either the 93-94 or 94-95 seasons. You may be asking, dear listeners, why are we taking you back to the infancy of Britpop and pre-New Labour? Well, you'll find the answer when you go to the Millwall Club shop, of course. For the eye-watering league, cheap price of 30 quid. 30 quid. How much? Plus your £6.25, you, chaps. Plus your yeah. £6.25. £20 for a towel. <laughs> you, can reminisce, you can reminisce of the days when over two consecutive seasons, our top scorer barely got into double figures and was a, Millwall, was a midfielder with a Millwall retro 1994 home kit beach towel. That's right. Take yourself back in time whilst land on the beach in Margate on this beautiful Captain Morgan printed towel and have your friends look on in envy as they lay on possibly better quality fabric and design for only a third of the price. Don't <laughs> delay. Get down to the club shop today. And disclaimer, when you have more successful years to choose from, why would you choose a year where not a lot happened except a half-decent cup run? Also, is this actually a beach towel or one of the 4XL replica kits that we used to have in the stock? Can I, can I point out, there is a very interesting thing about Millwall choosing retro stuff. And this isn't a knock, because I think it's a nice idea. It's a lovely yeah. idea, yeah. right? But when we do it, we do it badly. <laughs> this is the problem. It's like all the best laid plans of Mice and Men, as John Steinbeck once wrote. It's, um, <laughs> it is literally like that, because... There is some it's good not bad. history, but don't charge 40 quid for it. It's, it's like the that. £40 part, Harry, because I mean, actually, I'm just to describe it for this. It's a royal blue beach towel. It's got Captain Morgan, Morgan in correct font. Well, it looks close enough for my for my taste. And it's got a roaring lion um, above that. And it looks like they've got the collar. There's like a, a, a white featured yeah. collar. Yeah, you just have the white bit, didn't with the blue yeah, button. The shirt. Yeah, so they've got, yeah. they've, got it all, they've got all the bits right, and I quite like it. I mean, I need to see the towel. I don't know how thick a towel is. So, <laughs> I know, need to that. see the towel. I need to see I it. Need before... to test, I need to test how absorbent it is before I pass comment. <laughs> but that's I'm not sure it's £30 worth of towel, listeners. And it's certainly not £36.25 worth, because if you order it online... I mean, the pricing is is the issue for me. I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad looking towel, Harry, but it's just the price that's that's wrong there, mate. Would no, you say? I, I agree. I think the towel's decent. Like it's it's all right looking. It's a it's a bit like considering the fact that these retro kits. I mean, the Captain Morgan is the kit that most kids of my age want because we're yeah. too. I, I can't remember ever having the two kits that I remember my dad having when I was growing up were the South London Press. And the yeah. Captain Morgan one and Sod's Law, they're the both too uh too expensive ones to get. Also, I've got a picture somewhere of me in a Fairview one. Um, but uh, like 
they're the expensive shirts. You go on like classic football shirts or wherever, there's a market for them and you're pushing 150 nicker to try and get one. And they're all in extra large because no one kept football shirts because there wasn't really like a retro no, 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 culture no, of keeping them. No. Um, so, you know, all the kits now, they all hold their value. So like you can't buy it now. You wouldn't be able to go and buy a Millwall shirt from this season which you might fancy if you think we might get promoted and keeping it in brand new in bag because we were fucking an arm and a leg because no one did it in 1988, uh, did they, when, when we got but promoted? There's a, there's a, there's a website that does, I think they do mugs where they've got like the blue of the Captain Morgan. I don't know if they're using the raw, roaring line. They might not have the copyright for that, but a club would have it. So there's a lot you can do with that idea. And I quite like the... the the, the Captain Morgan Royal Blue, there's, there's loads you could do. You could do like a, a, a blue striped diagonal 88-89 version. There's loads you can do. A, a Giorgio white towel. Yeah, there's loads you can do. I still, I still yellow think and that, black. that yellow and black kit is one of our best away kits ever. It's iconic. It's very simple and it's very, it's very nice, but we don't touch it. Like, we it's don't seem to do that. We, that we, we stick around with a um, Mother's Day plaque that looks like something you put on a, on a, on a cemetery or something. Uh, I mean, but there's there's a lot that the club shop could do, should do t-shirts like that. You don't have to go to a full scale football like, shirt. You like can make Ralph a t-shirt Loren. out of it. Yeah, there's Ralph. Yeah, like little Ralph Lauren size, little lion in 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 gold on the top. People want to wear a t-shirt. Yeah. Harry, go to the gym in something you're going to work, but you just want it. You want the right look, you know. And there's loads that the, that the club could do, but I don't know. How many times maybe, have we got the same conversation like this? Maybe it's tied. Maybe it's tied to the Macron deal. Maybe it's tied to like whoever produces our kit. You're not allowed to do it. I, I don't know. I could, you know. I, I'd, like, I'd be... like to think there's some kind of legal um, wrangling around rights to kits. But presumably, if the kit manufacturer that made the kit, um, you know, if, I if think they... I think it's lack of commercial nous. I think I don't know about because uh, I can't imagine there's many legal impediments to the Mill Football Club using its own badge and getting a. A, a font that looks near it that isn't isn't maybe yeah. Captain Morgan's, you know. But there's, well, there's, Captain, there's a lot. Captain Morgan should just come back and sponsor us again. Surely, clearly, after a. I mean, well, I, I do like. I do like yeah. Husky. I mean, Husky is still sponsoring the IndyCar team. I know they're not sponsoring McLaren anymore, but they've still got their own IndyCar team. So they've still got plenty of moolah. They might have to pay for Dan Ballard next year. Achtung, Milbal. So huge thank you to. Michael Avery and to Harry Warren for taking time out of day joining the show today. Thank you, boys. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us back. And hope everybody has a good international break. Uh, It's always boring international breaks, but we do need a bit of a rest from the Mill squad. And we'll all be looking forward to Kenilworth Road on April the 2nd, I believe it is. So until then, dear listeners, get ready for the the final eight, the hateful eight fixtures of the seasons. So until then go on hurry up. Uh it's um just a Mill fan, um Danny Mizen, who plays in my Southbank team, done a lot of stuff for the Isla Caton campaign with Tony Mundy. Um yeah. he's been injured like quite bad injury, stunned his Achilles and um I just want to wish Danny um the best in his recovery um because it is pretty pretty horrific injury if I'm being totally honest. And he's a nice man, does a lot for charity and just want to wish him all the best. No, second that, second that. Big, yeah. big shout out to Dan. Uh, hope you yeah, get well soon, mate. Um, so until the next edition, listeners, I'm going to say a Riva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. A Riva Dirty Millwall.
Till next time. Who do you want to watch? 